Hey everybody, um, welcome back to another episode of our podcast, The Proof Not the Exception. I'm Tuck, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife. I'm mine. Um, so we decided to start back recording after a six month, maybe like two week hiatus. Um, this is just to kind of like reintroduce ourselves and just kind of catch you guys up to speed on what's been going on with us over the last six months, and yeah, we'll talk about a couple of things and go from there so my how you been i've been mm-hmm. um let's see so the obvious coronavirus i believe we stopped recording in may which um quarantine was in full swing then people were still um a little curious about the condition and it was very elusive and mm-hmm. everyone was panicking and buying things in bulk yep. um and there's clearly been a shift um, in how people are like approaching the the virus, mm-hmm. and I think that from then until now, something that's changed about me is I think in the beginning I was very um, not dismissive of it, but I was very accepting, and I think I was that way because I didn't have a choice. Right. Like work didn't stop for me. I didn't have the option of working from home or anything like that, so it was just very much like okay. Well, I'm going to have to wear this mask at work and, you know, stay away from people while I'm there. And just nothing. I didn't really get that. Wow. My life drastically changed overnight situation. Right. um, Just because of the type of work that I do. Right. And as a reminder for those who don't remember or for our new listeners, I am active duty Air Force and I am Intel. So I actually work for NSA, you know, their mission never stops. Right. So I never I never had like that huge disruption that everyone else had. It was just less traffic on my way to work right. and a few more precautions before coming in. Right. Um, and I think from then until now, I my perspective has shifted in terms of like, well, this is what I have to do. And now, especially concerning my condition, uh, which we'll talk about. I'm very much like, well, look, your mission can wait. And yes, I do have a choice. Right. You know, Um, so I think I'm I'm a much bigger advocate for myself Mm. now than I was then. So what about you? Um, So for me, a couple of things have changed. Um, We'll get to the to the other one. But um, I left my job in the beginning of June. Um, Part of it was COVID. Um, You guys can't remember I was doing social work. Um, dealing with adults with severe mental illnesses and a large a large portion of my clients were actually homeless or in group homes and um, given that COVID had happened my anxiety was through the roof because it was like you know can I do my job am I putting myself at risk especially having a a child that's high risk due to asthma Um, but then the George Floyd thing happened and just the company's response to it um, left a bad taste in my mouth. So you combine all those things with a job that didn't really have a lot of potential for upward mobility. I didn't want to find myself in a in a job that wasn't going in any direction. While it was kind of fulfilling to to know that I was playing a part in helping people, just a part of like, well, where, where does this lead me outside of like fulfillment of helping people? So. Um, what better time to leave than a global pandemic? Though, exactly. Um, you got to stay home anyways. But even like my mental, my mental stability and even uh, you remember, like I got sick, like where I lost weight because I was so stressed about my job. Right. So, you know, looking at all those things, I was like, OK, like 
as much as I'm going to hate leaving my clients, I need to do what's best for me and what's best for my family. So I left there, um, pretty much continued doing school full time, which is what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like, what's so we have pretty similar shifts mm-hmm. in terms of like focusing on others before and doing what's best for everyone else, and mm-hmm. then like finally taking that. It was lead. almost like at what cost, you know? Yeah, and you realize that, the risk mm-hmm. isn't worth. It's really not, and exactly. there really isn't a reward. So I'm I'm grateful for that shift. I'm still sad that it had to come by way of global pandemic mm-hmm. because I mean the death toll is insane, mm-hmm. and it only is getting bigger each mm-hmm. day. Um, but I think that like. The then and now, if I had to do a side-by-side, that's something that would be very, very different about my mindset. Oh, yeah. Um, because I've always been very, like, best foot forward when it mm-hmm. comes to work and my yeah. career. I take it very seriously. Right. Um, but I think I've learned, I know that I've learned that I can do that and take care of myself. Right. That I don't have to, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And the military is really good about making it seem like you have to choose. Mm-hmm. And you don't. You absolutely don't. Um so I'm, I'm grateful for that revelation. Let's be real. Like, in regards to, like, military or just, you know, corporate America or just regular jobs, like, we're all extremely replaceable. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we are pawns. And seeing, and like, billets. the world slow yes. down, it, like, really gave you a mm-hmm. chance to kind of, like, absolutely put things into perspective. Like, for me, like, it was like, damn, like, yeah, it's cool helping these clients, but, like, at what cost if I catch COVID and I bring that shit home to my kid and he gets sick and he mm-hmm. dies? Like... Me being able to, like, looking in the casket, seeing my son being like, but I helped this person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do shit for me, you know? So, really choosing, choosing to, like, be, to be selfish. Like, yeah, but we also do have to address that being able to make that choice is a privilege. We are privileged and able, like, we're privileged that you were able to completely quit your job and Mm -hmm. become a full time student, get paid for being a student. Correct. And we not have to change our lifestyle or anything or, you know, Mm -hmm. become a one income uh, family or anything like that. So I understand that that is not everybody's quarantine story. And that's some people's jobs that those those temporary uh, hiatuses became permanent because companies Mm -hmm. were not able to recover. So when we're speaking about our situation, please don't don't think that we're not aware and sympathetic about the people who who are not in as fortunate situations. So we definitely understand that the decisions we made were a privilege. We mm-hmm. were very privileged to be able to make those decisions, which it, makes me want to move to the next subject a little bit or talk about... Um, okay, so from when everything popped off in March, mm-hmm. all my job did was alter our schedule a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just less people in the building at the same time. Right. Um, so our schedule moved around a lot, but we still worked. Right. Um, it was cool because I did have more time off than I had ever had before. Right. You know, we were doing like the alternating weeks and stuff like that. And that was new to me right. and really welcoming. Um, but they had, they being NSA, had a list of um, like high risk categories. Like categories, if you fell into this category, you have the condition on this list. And then basically you were excused from work until until they said come back, you right. know, until the end of coronavirus, which now we know is like a dream, right? We don't know when that's going to be. But anywho, on that list was a little slew of things, you know, like asthma and autoimmune diseases, cancer, pregnancy, like all of these things. The list mm-hmm. had like maybe 13 conditions on it, 11 or 13. Um, I didn't fall into any of those categories. 
But then in July, I did fall into one of those categories because if you follow us, then you know we are expecting twins. Um, and so once my leadership found out, once I told them that I was expecting, they were like, oh, crap. You know, that's a high-risk category. Go home and don't come back until we tell you to. Mm -hmm. This was the end of July or the very beginning of August. And so I stayed home from that time until the end of September. So two months. Two months I was out of work, just at home full-time, which was an adjustment for me, but it was one that I was very happy to make because for those of you who don't know, I absolutely hate my job. <laughs> I don't right. enjoy Intel. I enjoy being in the Air Force, but I don't enjoy Intel. So it was a welcome change and it was fine. But at the end of September, my leadership was like, hey, NSA um, reevaluated their high risk categories and you know, pregnancy is no longer on it. So you can come back. So I came back on the 30th of September and then was it the fifth, the fifth of October, <laughs> I had a phone call at nine o'clock at night, mind you. I got a phone call at nine o'clock at night saying that I needed to quarantine for 14 days and get tested mm -hmm. in 72 hours. Well, 72 hours from that Monday um, because I spent all of Monday with a person who had tested positive on Tuesday morning. Right. So I made it six days. I was back to work for six days after being gone for two months. And I had already been exposed. And mind you, a lot of people came back when I did. Because mind you, y'all, like, they chopped that list from like 11 to 13 conditions to two. Right. So a lot of people came back like in droves. Um, and that was the first time that I, I felt like the agency that I worked for put truly put the mission before the people and we're just like well we need butts and seats like it's been this many months and we haven't had all these people here getting them back right. however and that was the first time that i i mean i was angry when i found out there are a lot of things that went into play like a lot of conditions that could have or precautions that could have been made mm -hmm. and taken so I wouldn't have, myself and my teammates would not have been in those positions because i wasn't the only one uh, affected my team is nine people deep and they had half of us in this location where we were exposed. One of the women there with me, it was her first week back. Also, she was on maternity. She was pregnant when um, COVID kicked off. So she was at home and then, you know, she had her baby. So maternity leave for three months. That was her first week back. And you have a, a newborn at home. Right. And I'm just thinking like, dog, y'all. You can't, put, you you can't, can't just, quarantine from a newborn. You cannot. And right. they're talking about isolate until you get your test results. And it's just like, well, at this point it's too late. Because if you're telling me I was around, excuse me, around this person all day Monday, I, I came home on Monday and I was right. around my family anyways. And then I also came home Tuesday and was around them all evening until you called me at nine. So right. at that point, isolate for what? Mm -hmm. So, um. And I got tested and it was negative, but I told my leadership, you know, they were sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear back because they were like, crap, if the pregnant girl, the girl that's pregnant with twins gets sick, like, we don't have a leg to stand on because we're the ones that made her come back, mm -hmm. you know? We rushed this decision. And so I let them know, like, I'm upset because this could have been fixed. It could have been prevented, not even fixed. It could have been prevented. Y'all didn't have to do this. And like... Y'all claim that you were following CDC guidelines when reevaluating your list. I don't know what CDC website y'all were looking at, but right. <laughs> the one that I can see still says that pregnancy is very much a high-risk category. So, like, 
y'all care about having these feet sealed and or these seats filled excuse me and getting your money's worth right and to me that's not worth it and i let them know like i'm not okay with that and if you bring me back i really need a i need a good reason i need i need you to say to me like hey your safety is just not paramount to us say that to me so that i know where i stand and luckily i have really good air force leadership that was like you know regardless of what NSA says, you're not going back in that building until after you have them babies. So I've been here full-time. Um, so how's that been for you, having me here full-time for the past? How long has it been now? I guess like a month and a half. I, it's still COVID, like days run together. Um, it's been cool. Like the fact that you're pregnant with, you know, with the twins, like I get a lot more peace of mind, like not having to worry, like if you're at work around other people and, Cause it, it goes back to like when when school started we were like yo we can send Tristan and although the school has like a good plan you can't determine what 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 happens outside of school you don't know what these parents do x y and z so like you going to work like I was on pins and needles especially when they called you back to work because I was like yeah we practice like we wash our hands we practice all of this shit but I don't know what the next person does so like literally a small amount of carelessness on somebody else's end can completely like eradicate everything that we do. And then like thinking like, not only could this possibly affect her, it can affect the twins. She can come home and not know it can affect me. It can affect Tristan. Like just the, the possible repercussions for somebody else being careless are like Mm -hmm. extreme on our end or whatever. So like in that sense, like it's been cool. Also, like, I enjoy having you around. Do you? I just said I did, so yes. <laughs> it's when? <laughs> I've always... Oh, my God. I've always enjoyed having you around. You can be real with our, our 14 listeners. I've always enjoyed having you around. You might not think so, because I'm quiet. But if I didn't like you, you would know. You would. Um, if you didn't like me, you wouldn't be here. Bingo. There we go. So I'm here so I fucking You're like here you. because I'm carrying your twins. No, I was here before the twins got here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. What? I'm just being a troll, y'all. What? Which is why I think that maybe, you know, me being at work was a little bit of a break for him. But yeah, I, I feel the same sense of relief, but I still get very anxious sometimes. Like when I was going to work when I got called back, first of all, we we worked ten hour shifts mm-hmm. four days a week. So I would get to work at you there is, early right like 5 hold on you guys there's an airplane or maybe no that's a helicopter. a helicopter we're just gonna wait on that all right okay yeah i was going in at like 5 30 in the morning like getting to work at 5 30 um just so i could leave at a decent time and actually see tristan before he went to bed you know and something simple so hold on. wait one second hold on you guys all right go ahead I don't know what just happened. Go ahead. So what I was doing was getting to work at 5.30 so that I could leave at 3.30. But guess what time they started taking temperatures at the front gate? Exactly at 5.30. I'm supposed to have my butt in my seat at 5.30. So I was walking into the building at like 5.15. So who didn't get her temperature taken every morning before walking into the building? Me and everybody else who had to be there at 5.30, which was a good chunk of people. Right. So even though they put these precautions in place, I feel like there wasn't a lot of like enforcement um, and things like that. That's how you get people in the building that that are carriers or whatever. And, you know, 
I feel like certain companies, I'm not just going to say NSA explicitly, but like I don't know others do it. I feel like places are doing the bare minimum just to like slide by mm-hmm. and be able to have people back in their buildings. And mm-hmm. I mean that like restaurants and stores and things like that. But like, it's really, um, I don't know, it's disappointing. Yeah, especially like, when you humans, know the impact of humans it. Humans are generally disappointing creatures anyways, but it really is disappointing to me that like as a collective i'm not calling any one group of people out or any population out in particular it's really disappointing that like we can't i don't know like all of us sacrifice for a little bit for the greater good of everybody mm-hmm. and it's so disappointing yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. definitely i don't know i don't i just i still have hope and I still am looking forward to the end of coronavirus. People keep saying the end of 2020, like it's going to go away. <laughs> like it's going to go away when they oh, drop the ball. Yeah. And, you know, we know that's not the case. It's right. not likely. But, like, I am looking forward to the end. But something that I'm really, really not looking forward to is, like, people's push to return to normal. Because mm-hmm. clearly normal did not work for us. And and I don't so think I'm, things I'm, will ever go back to how they were. And I don't think they should because... I mean, let's face it, they weren't they right. weren't keeping us safe in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that nothing more grave than this comes out of our rush and our desire to, like, right. return to life as we knew it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, my, that's my fear more than anything. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think it'll be just like, like 9-11. Like, when that happened, like, everything was on high alert. And then as time went by, like... People start getting like more and more relaxed. And granted, like airport security and stuff is still pretty. I think strict. I was too young to notice that I was turning twelve, right. and like the daughter of a military. I was a military yeah. brat, like so. It was the little bubble that I was in. Right. It was super safe. Right. And I didn't notice. I, d- I wasn't able to realize the panic, and right. that might be because I was in a little bubble. Right. Because you were a preteen, so all you were worried about was yeah, your was little world. Yeah, I was in middle school. I just know right. that nine eleven got me out of taking a typing test that day. Hmm. That is all I like. I know that you know, and I just I, it didn't hit me until later. Right. What happened and how big of an impact that yeah. had. So, yeah, I would say that like for some people, like Tristan's generation, they're gonna remember this. Oh yeah. That boy is definitely going to remember just being yanked out of school one day and not going back for over a year. A year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely going to remember. That's true. I mean, he's six. I remember shit from when I was six. I don't... Uh, I have a... Especially a a very aware kid like Tristan, he'll remember. Yeah. So, I I get it. This is important. I just really hope that we learn from it instead of, like... We'll see. ...setting ourselves back. That is that is my biggest hope for yeah. us, like as well, I humanity. Guess time, will, time will tell. Well, and I know that's idealistic and silly, but that's what I that's what I hope. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, we so, gonna chat about the babies now. Yeah, let's, you know let's talk about you the little ones. Next. Okay. Um, go for it. How do you feel? Would you like me to tell the story for how we found out? Yeah, you go ahead. I'll how just we do found my out that we're having twins or the whole pregnancy story. We can whatever. We can go through the whole thing. We got time. We have time, I guess. What? Where do we at? We at nineteen, so we got a good like fifteen minutes left. Okay, easy. Um, it was just, oh, I'll just be honest with you guys. So, in my career field, um, deployments are rare. They're not opportunities that come around often, 
and one of my friends her husband is our deployment manager for our unit and I had confided in him a few weeks before I was like yo like if you get any stuff that comes across for one in four that's my career field I was like can you just kind of like text me first before you tell the whole squadron so I can tell you whether or not I'm interested um because Tuck and I had discussed like hey in 2021 we had this conversation in 2019, by the way, but we were like, you know, in 2021, we do want to have a baby. And I was telling him, I was like, what if I can get on a deployment, dip out for four to six months, stack up all this tax-free money, come back, pop out a baby, you know, like a worry-free baby. And that was our plan. So right. um, my friend, he did, he let me know what was up. And I was like, yeah, like put me down. And my leadership was on board because I have a really really good chief she was like do you want this and I was like yep I absolutely do so we're going through the motion she's like you know still got to send the ad out to the unit but the spot is yours so I'm like bet and I am a worrier and I come up with every possible scenario in my head that could go wrong right and so I was just like what if I'm doing pre-deployment like stuff and I gotta go pee in a cup and it I'm pregnant, right. so then I can't go. And I actually wasn't thinking in terms of me. I was thinking how behind that puts the unit because now they have to find a replacement at short notice right. and all this other stuff. So I was being Maisha again and thinking about others and I actually wasn't thinking about myself. And my period wasn't due for a minute, but I still took a test. And it was too early. It was like two days too early, so I waited two more days. Because y'all know, like, those early response tests can read, like, six days sooner or whatever. And I had, like, this event, something for the Diversity and Inclusion Council. And so I was like, I'm going to buy one of those digital pregnancy tests because these lines are killing me. Right. So the event that I was going to was, like, actually in the evening, like, eight or nine at night. Um, and so I took one of the tests that wasn't digital. And there was, like, a faint second line. And I was confused. And I was like fudge i can't i can't discern whether or not right. this is line so i call my line sister tiffany and i was like dog is this a pregnant test or not she was like you just go get the digital one but i didn't want tuck to know i was worrying about it and so i did it like i was coming back from that event it was late at night too and i just, like just made it to target before it closed bought the digital test came home showered peed on it that thing said pregnant and i was like okay all right this is it so I texted a friend, Monica, also a Sora, and was like, yo, because she's in charge of like deployments for the whole group. And I was like, hey, I just want to tell you this. So take my name off of that list. I'll tell my chief later, but like take my name off of the list. So I'm just thinking like in terms of work, I told you the next day, I was actually not going to tell him for like a week. I was trying to think of like a creative way to tell him, but like I am not good at like hiding stuff. Or pretending that something's not like on my mind so I just did it the next day told him and how did you feel when I told you uh, I don't know kind of like an out-of-body experience like you know we talk about kids but like I don't know it was kind of kind of like it was I wasn't upset I was happy I don't know if you remember like, I think it was later that night like I fucking broke down crying and shit um, so I was excited but it was like damn like okay Right. There's really a kid in there. So. There's really a kid indeed. Mm -hmm. So from that point, you know, I 
luckily that following Monday, because that was like a Saturday slash Sunday, right? And then the Monday I had a meeting anyways, and I was going to see my chief, so I told her. She wasn't upset with me, and she was like, you know, you need to go to medical and get like a blood test or whatever done. So I did, came back positive. Like, they called me like the that same day. Cool. So I call like the OB to like get set up and they're like, oh, because of coronavirus, um, mm -hmm. there's so many precautions. And so we'll see you at the end of your first trimester. So I'm like, dog, what? I have to go through the whole first trimester and like not right. not be seen. So I was a little, a little annoyed by that, but I understand why. Um, they were like, also, you know, you can't come to the, you can't have any uh, accompaniment to the, to the appointments. So I had to go, I mean, I've had to go to all my appointments alone, but I went to that first appointment by myself, which up until that point, I was having like a really rough pregnancy, which is out of the blue for me. Like my first one was really smooth and I was confused. I thought this one was going to be cake because I'm way healthier and right. in far better shape at 30 than I was at 24 when I had Tristan. So I was like, oh, this pregnancy about to be, you know, a breeze, a breeze. Yeah, for real. Um, but it wasn't. So I was really concerned that something was wrong. And we had joked um, up until the appointment, really. We joked around a lot and was like, LOL, what if it's twins, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and all this other stuff. We said it very jokingly. And like, to be honest, I was actually very fearful of the appointment because I was having such a hard time. I thought that that um, had insinuated that something had gone wrong in there. Right. And you know how Googling goes. I was like, right. hole. Yeah, I was like, great. I've had an ectopic pregnancy and like something abrupted in there and like it's all bad news. It's going to be a terrible appointment. Right. So when I went, I actually wasn't looking at the screen for that reason. I was afraid to look because I didn't want to see nothing. Right. Um, so when the doctor's like mushing that jelly on me and talking and I'm telling her exactly what I just told y'all about all of like my fears and my insecurities, she was like, well, you know, I have a... I have a good reason as to like why you've been feeling so terrible and she was like this baby looks good right here and she was like and let me try to get a profile of this one and I was like dog nope don't mm -hmm. even finish your sentence yep. and so she finished the ultrasound and told me to get undressed because um, they were gonna do like a pelvic exam or whatever and so I called Tuck like between like while I'm supposed to be undressing yep. and it was like oh there's two in there and he was like quit playing and I was like, would I call you while I'm like half naked in the doctor's office about to get like, you know, my cervix opened up? Would I, would I call you and say this jokingly? So then the doctor comes into the room and I was like, hey, can you say to him what you just said to me? And she's like, congrats, dad. Mm -hmm. So how did that feel for you? I was still pretty much like, oh, she is, she didn't got the fucking doctor involved on this joke. What? Like. <laughs> I wanted to say, like, yo, like, let me see the last time this ultrasound machine was calibrated, because, like... You really thought I was lying. Uh, even, you were not even the Even for, one. like, two weeks afterwards, I was like, you really sticking with this shit, like... You thought I was lying? I, people, I got a weird sense of humor, so it's some shit that I would do. I mean, I'm a man, so I can't have babies, but, like, I would draw it out, like, see you on, on edge and shit, and be like... Absolutely not. No one believed me. I remember I called Tiffany again. That's my best friend. I called her. Like, she was one of the first people I called. Like, as soon as I left those doors, I was just like, bitch. I was like, 
are you sitting down? She was like, what's wrong? I was like, bitch, we having twins. And she was like, what? Mm-hmm. How? Called my mother. She didn't believe me. She's like, hold up the photo. Let me see. And so I'm on like FaceTime outside the hospital, like trying to show her both like little blobs. No one believed me. Everybody was just like, I'm so confused. Like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, what a funny sense of humor God has mm-hmm. and the universe has because literally every single thing that we were hoping for and that we vocalized that we wanted, we got the exact opposite. For instance, mm-hmm. we really wanted a girl. So we did like an early at-home gender test around like week nine, I think. And it came back a boy. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know what? I've raised a boy before. Like, whatever. And I think I had kind of like come to terms with it and like swallowed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. Like, you can't change it. And then like a couple nights before the appointment, we were just like, wouldn't it be some shit if it's two babies in there? And then we like laughed and was like, ah. Mm-hmm. And then there were two babies. And then I was like, oh, so when you have twins, by the way, you don't see a regular OB anymore. You have to go to a maternal fetal right. specialist. Because they have, like, way more uh, complex and advanced equipment and whatnot. And so, I think there were, like, two weeks between that visit and the other one. And so, between that, I was like, yo, maybe we are going to get our girl after all. Yep. I remember maybe, saying, well, maybe there's still a chance that one Maybe there'll be fraternal twins and mm-hmm. we'll still get the girl. And so, we were, like, riding on that, right? And my family was like, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And we go. And they're like, I only see one placenta. And one placenta, guys, means identical twins Mm -hmm. so there's that (laughs) and so i was like dang dog there's two boys so i had to deliver that news too how you feel about all of that uh the backlash and the fussing that i got from your your aunt was like tuck is your fault i mean it was funny literally had one job um but you just had to send the right chromosome but twin boy like and it's funny because like in the last two weeks, like, a lot of my friends have asked, like, yo, you know, how's my issue doing? How's pregnancy going? How do you feel about, like, two boys? Because, like, you know, when I first told my friends, I was like, it'd be cool to, like, be a girl dad, you know? But then you have two boys, and I was like, it'd be cool. Like, literally, had, like, raising two more black boys to, like, teaching them to, like, love their mom and be protective Look, of her and all this you other stuff. You gotta pray one of these babies is athletic, because we know it ain't tea. It is not T. Hey, hey, hold on. Don't rule anything out. We thought that he would never get dancing down. And he yeah, is on rhythm. beat now. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh, no. He could do track. He just needs to learn. Like, he could he run. He learn form and everything. I mean, he's six, though. He's well, a, lot can happen. a lot can happen in the next he's couple of years. He's um, But, no, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, and it is... I think, like, with the pandemic and everything, like, it really just, like, puts a lot of perspective. And it's like, you know, I just want healthy kids. Amen. That is You know, it. I don't care what they are. Like, I just want healthy kids, whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm. Honestly. I know people used to, I mean, people still say it, but people used to say that all the time where they're like, are you hoping for a boy or a girl? And they're like, I just want a healthy baby. And it was, like, the polite thing mm-hmm. to say or, like, you know, the right thing to say, even if you were secretly right. hoping for one or the other. It's what it, people expected. Right. But I truly mean it, especially at this point. I'm just like, look, mm-hmm. there's so many risks associated with carrying multiples. Mm-hmm. And every doctor's appointment I go to, it's you're being observed for this syndrome. We have to test for this because this is also a thing with multiples. And it's mm-hmm. all these things that are out of anyone's control. There's yep. no vitamin I can take that would make yep. it go better. Or it's anything scary. Like that. And it's scary. And something that I've shared with my close friends is that like 
you know, strangers or people at work will ask, like, are you excited? And I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer and be like, no. And it's not that we're not excited, but the way I've explained it um, to those close to me is that I don't, I don't feel like we've been really afforded the room to be excited because mm-hmm. every single appointment, it's, hey, all those tests that we ran last time, those are good. Now we're going to run these mm-hmm. tests because this is also a risk. And have you heard of this syndrome? And then even having to like... So you're having to deal with going to those appointments by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like back at home just like looking at my phone like Waiting. every three minutes. Like so it's it's anxiety on both mm-hmm. ends. It's like And when, at those appointments on range, yes. it's like, damn, is she does she have bad news? Or right. are you probably going in there and you're like, I go in there I like a sponge. Have to have any bad news yes, I go in there me. like a sponge and I'm like, Can you repeat that? Or I'll like take notes in my phone mm-hmm. because again, you're not allowed to have people with you. Um, at those appointments so I'm just like trying to remember everything and I write down stuff and I'm like alright I need to google this syndrome too and like I'm getting tested for this too and it's just like what's that and then you look it up and you're like Jesus like Mm -hmm. is there anything joyful about these appointments so like I I, again it's not that we are not excited we are excited we are blessed we are Mm -hmm. fortunate we understand that we are in a really privileged position really Um, but it's hard to be able to sit in that excitement and to truly like feel it when yeah. every appointment is like and there's just a whole ass pandemic going on too, too like i am so concerned like i keep having recurring dreams about going into labor um just midday like at home things are cool and then it's time to go and i keep having like the dream keeps stopping at the labor and delivery like intake area because they're like he can't go back there with you. And they point at Tristan and I'm like, well, where is he supposed to go? Mm-hmm. And they're like, he can wait in the waiting room alone. And I'm like, I'm not leaving my, my son here while I go and give birth to the other two. And that my dream always stops there. <sighs> Cause you're like, what the hell? And they're like, well, dad can stay here. And I'm like, so who's going to come with me? And they're always saying like, well, you can go by yourself. And the dream always stops there with us, like being faced uh, with the decision, like you can stay here with Tristan, your wife can go into labor alone. It's like a and we'll call playground. This yeah, is us. <laughs> it, but it's literally like it's a recurring dream, and it's right. so frustrating. And I'm like, this is so weird. Most people right. dream about like what they think their babies are going to look like mm-hmm. or things like that. And like I have, my dreams haven't gotten there yet because I'm like, the same here. Oh, how are we going to get past labor and delivery? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that going to go? And if it's midnight, like, do we just knock next door and, and be then, like, hey, and girl? And to be honest, like that's another one of the downsides of being in Hawaii like we don't mm-hmm. have uh, we yes. got friends here but it's like and we got friends that like we can call Dre and he oh, could absolutely. come watch Tristan and stuff but it's a like, lot of people or even go next door and be like hey but it's still but it's still not the same you it know what I'm saying oh yeah our um, birth plan got thwarted when we thought there was only one like yep. we hired a doula team yep. and a midwife team all black women we're gonna have excuse me a home birth mm-hmm. like everything got thwarted because they were like twins mm-hmm. first and foremost you're not carrying all the way to the end you're going to be induced at week 37 mm-hmm. if you even make it there. Mm-hmm. Also, this is risk in this, in this, in this. Oh, by the way, you also can't take your baby home right? if they don't weigh at least five pounds. And also this, and it's just like, yeah, oh, so like, there's a lot to take in. What can I do? And, you know, I'm the prepared person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what can I do? But it to really prepare? does like, and they're like, nothing. It wraps up like <laughs> 2020. Like people had all yeah. these plans of how things are going to yeah. go. And, you really do realize like yo like that's not necessarily yep. how it works in some aspects of life but in other aspects it doesn't like that's what this has been and i won't say 2020 but the pregnancy to me has been a lesson in um letting go of my security blanket and 
my security blanket for my whole life has been preparedness. Right. Um, I'm really good at deflecting compliments. So, like, you know, in school when people would be like, oh, you're so smart, I would be quick to tell them, like, oh, I studied. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or even with my career where they're like, dang, you're a fast burner. You keep ranking up really fast. And I'm like, oh, I studied. Like, I didn't, I didn't just stumble upon this career. Right. Like, I... I worked for this. I worked hard for this and I prepared for this. Right. And that's always been able to get me through literally everything. And everything. I've been the everything. opposite. Everything. Like, right. got an emergency. It's just like, oh, that's fine. I actually have like a pretty decent savings account. Like, right. I'm not stressed. Or this happened with Tristan. You're just like, oh, I've actually already researched that. And I have this, this, and this prepared. Right. There is no planning your way. One, through a twin pregnancy. And I'm pretty sure not through like... Right. raising twins they're going to be different it's two separate babies and they're gonna have separate needs and there are things that are far no matter how many prenatal mm-hmm. vitamins i take and right. all these things or how healthy i am right. during this pregnancy like something can still happen that's out of our control and that is so difficult for me to like come to terms with mm-hmm. you know and i've been like the opposite like i've always prided myself on like yo i'm even kill. I'm cool, like, and granted, like, I've always been a hard worker, but, like, part of things always going going in my favor is that, like, I don't get stressed about things. Right. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, but with this, like, you can't... And, and that's, just, no that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how I've changed. It's like, yeah. I worry about everything. Like, I'll ask you, like, yo, have you eaten? Like, have you done this? I'll see you up in like more than thirty minutes. I'm like, yo, why don't you chill? Like, why don't you, why don't you relax? It's difficult. Do you need this? Do you need that? You know, it's difficult to like have things happen. Get out of your comfort so, zone. Yeah, basically. like everything that's. Hmm. I feel like this pregnancy is happening to me, and I'm not experiencing it. Right. I hope that makes sense to y'all. It makes sense to me, but I feel like it's happening t- to me, and everything is just. Hey, girl. I think this it's teaching both next. of us like lessons yeah. or whatever. It's growing pains because it's like absolutely when you when you literally aren't in control and you're having to operate in a completely different sense of what you're accustomed to or what you've been doing for years. Like it's extremely uncomfortable. Like for me, like I get work and you know me. Like I I rarely sleep anyways, but like there are nights where it's like we'll get in bed at at twelve thirty and it's like two o'clock and I'm wide awake and I'm yeah. like shit. I can't sleep because I'm worried. I'm worried, like, what if I wake up and, like, there's blood in the bed because something happened to her? You know, like, yeah. w- just just anything that could happen. And that, it's like, <clears throat> I've come to terms with the fact of knowing that I can't control it. But, like, now I'm just like, well, I need to think about what if this happens? What am I going to do? What if this happens? Mm-hmm. And, and situations that I've never had to think about yep. because it, just like you, like, in the past, it's like, yo, like. It's just me to the have to worry about. The simplest thing. So, okay. So, for instance, like, <laughs> I think about, it's so simple. Like, let's say you're going to the store mm-hmm. and I'll be like, hey, drive your car, not my car. It's much easier to just hop in my car. It's right there. And let's be honest. My car is more fun to drive. But, oh, I don't want to hear it. Either here nor there. Hey. But I've been thinking later. I'm like, okay, what if there's an emergency mm-hmm. and I have to leave, like, while he's here Okay, Tristan's booster seat is back there, but also I'm more comfortable driving his car if I'm already panic or my car if I'm already panicking and this mm-hmm. happens. I'm not gonna want to drive his car, and I can't reach back there in that Mustang and put Tristan in the back right now because I'm really large right now. And I, right. I never thought like that about like a simple trip where you're like, hey, going to grocery shopping, and before I'm like, 
who else? A smooth hour of you being away from this house. A lot can happen in an hour. Like, mm-hmm. what can I? What? How can I prepare? And it's probably annoying for me to be like, hey, you're not driving my car, right? Oh. You know, like, but that's it's what I'm thinking. Right. Like, if I have to leave like right now, like, mm-hmm. how can I get out the quickest and the most comfortable and the safest? Mm-hmm. And it's to hop in the car that I drive that mm-hmm. I'm intuitive with. Okay. It's stuff like that, and it's just like I didn't think about grocery trips like that before. Before it was just like, dang. Yeah, I really hope he remembers the butter. And yeah. I'm like, F the butter, bro. Like, right. you know, how quickly can you get home if I need you to? Right. Yeah. So, well, I think that's a, that's a good bit of information to give you guys, like, you yeah, know, that's catching where we up are. on us. Um, we are home. We are expecting twins. Oh, so so this is our second time recording this. Yesterday oh, yeah. <laughs> did not go well. But we said the next episode we were going to talk about, like, the fears of, like, raising, raising like... three boys. Absolutely. Let's discuss um, it. So oh, I don't know how much time we're at. Like 40 minutes. Okay, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has, like, bought stuff off of our registry. Our registry is almost completely full. Right. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, for real. And if you have sent us something and we haven't, one of us has not personally told you thank you, it's because we cannot trace your gift back to you. Right. So please let us know because we are not rude like that. We have home training. So please let us know. Oh, yeah. Another thing we didn't. So, listen. We understand that people's excitement for us, but we're not looking for advice on names. You're so rude. Um, <laughs> we love y'all. Um, yeah, I had a frat send me like this photo. He's like, you should do this photo shoot. And it's like, you in all Zeta attire, me in all Sigma attire, and the baby's like, ace Boy. and deuce. I was like, nigga, that is a lot of blue. No, I appreciate it, frat, but... <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah that, that'll wrap it up, you guys. Um, we will see you guys on the next episode. Yeah. Bye. Later.